0: This is the last chapter in our journey through the story, uh, and we'll start next week on the New Testament. So uh, what you didn't get a chance to see, because there was a scratch on the DVD that we didn't know about, is that Malachi became sort of the last prophet to speak to the people, and then there was a gap of about 400 years without much of a word at all from the Lord, until John the Baptist came on the scene and uh, began to be the predecessor to prepare the way for the arrival of Jesus Christ the Messiah. So uh, where we're at and where we've been through is we've been on this journey through the Old Testament. It started with the creation of Adam and Eve and uh, going through the fall in the Garden of Eden, God's punishment uh, for that, that carried out throughout uh, to today in terms of the the outbreak of sin in the world. Uh, we have the story of, of Noah's Ark and, and the Tower of Babel, and then along came Abraham, and through Abraham, God said he would make uh, a nation of, of many people, as great as the sands are of the sea, and they developed their nation. But all through this, there's a pattern of obedience and disobedience, obedience and disobedience. People who followed and listened to the Lord and obeyed his voice, and when they did that, they were blessed and then eventually they would always turn off to foreign gods and 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 they would abandon and forsake God and they would suffer the punishments for that. And the promises that he said is if you will obey me, I will bless you. If you disobey me, then you will be cursed. There'll be there'll be consequences of that. And it was all for the purpose of being able to draw people back into a, a deep relationship with him. And so now uh, we've had the temple rebuilt after they were carried off into exile. God had three waves of people come back into Jerusalem. Uh, There was one group that came back and helped rebuild the temple, which was their part of worship. There was another group that came back, and then this third group under Ezra, and then this third group comes under Nehemiah. Nehemiah was living in Susa, which is a place in Persia. The king at that time was Artaxerxes. And King Artaxerxes was the the king, and Nehemiah was the cupbearer, which meant that he would bring the the wine to the king, and he would taste it first to make sure it wouldn't poison him and kill him. And uh, it wasn't a very high and prominent position, but because of that position, there was a relationship that developed between Artaxerxes and Nehemiah. And when Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were not rebuilt, that they were broken down, he was heartbroken, he wept, he cried out to God, he went to the king, and the king asked him, Nehemiah, what's wrong, you're, you're, you're sad, there's something wrong, and he said, my people's home uh, land in Jerusalem, the walls are broken down, they have no protection from their enemies. And so King Artaxerxes said, well, I will free you to go back so that you can lead your people to rebuild the walls of your city, and uh, it makes me sad that you're sad, and I'll I'll send you with a letter, and I'll send you with resources, so you go back. And that's what Nehemiah's commission was. He went back, and uh, he led the people. First of all, he didn't tell them what he was going to do, but he just kind of surveyed the whole area. Um, he looked at what was there, and he observed that, and then he came up with a plan. And then there were enemies, there were people that would come against that that were uh, against them reestablishing themselves as a people there in Jerusalem. They were, they had names, there were three names of, of men who were their enemies that fought against them in this endeavor. But I, uh, Nehemiah came to, for a purpose, and, uh, he led them to rebuild this wall, uh, block by block, if you will, and in the face of great adversity, but, uh, Here's here's what happened. Here's how this happened, and it happened in 52 days, which in my mind is a really fast way to rebuild a wall. Um, and they did it. They did it really well. Um, we tried to build a wall in the Dominican Republic one year on one of our mission trips, and everybody who <laughs> Scott's laughing. <laughs> how many how many were a part of that wall project in the DR? Yeah, well. You know, uh, we weren't very good wall builders, Um, and the Dominicans had to come in and kind of rescue the wall because we weren't doing a very good job of it, I guess. We had a lot of people. It was a big structure, but yeah, okay. Well, these guys were better at that, thankfully. Here's the deal. They worked shoulder to shoulder. This project took these people who were scattered living According to their own ways and what they wanted to do and with their own lives, afraid and, and uncertain and their identity and their self-esteem and all that stuff was a little bit broken down along with the walls. And God was trying not only to just rebuild walls, he was trying to rebuild the people, he was trying to rebuild their hearts, he was trying to reestablish themselves in a relationship with him. And the walls were a symbol a symbol of those things of which God wanted to do if they would bond together. So they worked shoulder to shoulder and they worked together on these walls. They were highly motivated and every time their resolve was, was wavering, Nehemiah gave them strength and encouragement. He said, God is fighting with you. He is fighting for you. And he, he over and over reiterated to them and gave them encouragement over and over again when they faced enemies and when they faced opposition. And when uh, they came up against some situations where they didn't know what to do, they prayed. They prayed to God and asked him, what are we to do next? And so uh, God gave them directions on, on how to protect themselves and, and, and that they would uh, work with a weapon in one hand and work with a stone in the other. And they would fight for each other. He put them in front of their homes and he put them with families And they were unified, and they were bonded as a people over this project and with the face of the enemy that was coming to them. So they were unified in this project, and they fought for each other. They fought for the sake of the wall, and they watched God do amazing things. They realized that God was fighting for them as they worked together, and they rallied together. And when there was a a breakthrough where the enemies would attack, they would sound the trumpet, and everyone would rally to that point where the attack was taking place to help each other out. And they were, they were scattered around that wall. But when the trumpet sounded, when there was trouble on the horizon, they all rushed together to help one another out. And I love the, the example of what is taking place with all of this in the, in the result of this uh, rebuilding of the wall. And uh, Nehemiah began to, to waver himself as the leader and and he prayed out to God, God, strengthen my hands. Give me the strength to fulfill and complete this task because it is overwhelming for me to be a part of this project. It's way bigger than I am, and, and it's way bigger than these people who are here. So we need your help. We need your help, Lord. And But in 52 days, the wall was rebuilt. Ezra was the high priest. He brought the people together. They found the book of the law, the book of Moses. He stood and he read it, and all the people stood in the presence of the, the law of Moses. And it says in Nehemiah that the people listened attentively. They, they had crystal clear attention to what was taking place. But they also had to have interpreters, because since so many of these people had lived in foreign lands, they hadn't even learned Hebrew. So they had people who would interpret. He would read in Hebrew, they would interpret it to the people, so they understood what it meant. And then um, they were cut to their hearts of, of how they had strayed off from God. But then he gave them encouragement, as you saw in that video, and it was so beautiful, you know. Turn your turn your mourning into rejoicing. Might you be, yeah, let's have a proper party. You ever thought of it? Somebody would sometimes say, you know, give me, oh, give me a proper hug, you know. Well, it was like, let's have a party that is fitting of this event right now because we are celebrating what God has done and we are excited about what he is going to do. And uh, so they had a, a big blowout celebration. It was called the, the festival of, um, I believe that it was the uh, festival of the, the shelters that they would build. Uh, and, and every time they came up on something, they would have a celebration to remind themselves of what God had done. And that he would be with them, he was with them, he would carry on with them. So it was, it was a great celebration. Then Malachi came on the scene. Malachi was, like I said, the last prophet. And the people had begun to waver again. They'd begun to fall off a little bit. You see, Nehemiah went back to Susa. His, his time was just to go back, help them get the walls rebuilt. And then he went back to King Artaxerxes. He did not stay. He, he got them to, them to the place uh, where the walls were rebuilt. The people were foc- following the Lord again, and so it was up to them as a people to carry on in their relationship with God because they had learned this wonderful lesson about his provision for them. So he went back. His time was limited in terms of what he would do, and others carried on the work. And in the process of that, the people sort of wavered again. They began to stray off. They weren't honoring God with their giving, uh, this is where we get that great verse from Malachi is uh, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. You have forsaken me and, and uh, that test me in this and I will bless you. He encouraged them. They had straight off. Now they were trying to be encouraged to come back again to God. It's amazing the pattern that goes over and over and over and over and over again. And that's an indication of how it works with us, isn't it? There's times when we're really close to God there's times after a while when we take things for granted and we begin to stray off. um, And then something happens and we come back. And it's just this pattern of being there and not being there. And all the while, God is just saying, come to me. Come, just come to me. I'm here. I love you. I want a relationship with you. I want to bless you. I want to nurture you. I want to forgive you. I want to you to just simply follow me and obey me and trust me in all your ways and all that you do. You don't need anyone other than me to guide and and direct your life. I will do this for you. I will send you people to help you and encourage you, but, but here's the deal. Walk with me. Walk with each other. Don't go separate ways from one another. Be bonded to one another. Unified. Work shoulder to shoulder. When there's a crisis or a problem, don't, don't point fingers and, and, and run from the adversity. Join together. Rush to the crisis. Do it together. Do it with one another. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and then have, have proper celebrations and parties. I was, uh, I grew up in a town called Glidden. Glidden, Iowa, 900 people. We kept trying to get to 1,000, but we just couldn't ever quite get there. And the reason we wanted to get to 1,000 people was because our rival town, which had about 8,000 people, was Carroll, and Carroll had a darker print on the printed maps of the state of Iowa because of their population. And if Glidden could just hit 1,000, our print would be a little darker in fact, there were some maps that were printed where Glidden wasn't even on the map. So we just figured if we could get that far. And uh, that's, that's where I grew up. And uh, one day when I was walking down the street, I just finished college, I was going to go into the army. Uh, God had already reached me for salvation through his son Jesus, and a year earlier I'd become a Christian. But uh, as I was walking down that that street, um, I felt him very near, and he just said, I want these hands, which represent your life, to serve me. And that was my call. It was as simple as that. And I didn't know how or where or what would transpire as a result of that call in my life. Um, I could have never scripted that out, but from that point forward... It was my desire to always ask, Lord, um, where in this world, where in this community uh, do you want me to serve and, and be a part of, of your ministry and the life that we have with you? And uh, it led me to San Antonio, Texas, where I was at Fort Sam Houston, and a choir group came to the base, and um, there was a pretty cute red-headed girl in that choir, and they invited us to church and we went as soldiers, army guys that had been drafted in the army and uh, got a chance to meet Linda in a Sunday school class. And she also had a call from the Lord that he had given her separately from down in Mexico somewhere with children who were in need on the streets. Um, and she cried out, Lord, help these people. And, and she heard God speak to her and say, well, who's going to help them? And uh, so that was her call, a very simple call. We were very simple people, you know, raised in a little town in Iowa. She was raised in San Antonio, and her dad was a bus driver, and her mom was a clerk in, a, in, a, in an institution there nearby. But God chose, out of his grace, a couple of people to serve him. And um, it led us to um, some amazing opportunities uh, that we could have never have written out for ourselves. Amazing things. Um, led us to Crested Butte, uh, led us to Taiwan, brought us here to Community Church. And in each place, we had an assignment from him of what he wanted us to do. And uh, it's kind of interesting today because uh, there's a couple here from our Crested Butte days. Um, and uh, there are a lot of other people here that have been a part of our entire journey here at Community Church. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun. I almost expected somebody from Taiwan to walk in the door. Um, so, anyway, uh, last night we had the, the board, the executive board, the ministry team, and the, uh, the staff with their spouses at our house for dinner. You know that 's a big group there are thirty five people in our in our house for a meal and uh, this is a group of people that that God has, has raised up along with many many other people who are part of this congregation and um, it 's just a it 's just a wonderful thing i uh, Steve Barton is here today steve it 's good to see you um, and uh, steve 's been a part of this ministry here and so it feels kind of very comfortable for me today to uh, read for you this, uh, this, this letter. Over the last few months, I've concluded that it's time for Community Church to seek God for the next pastor of Community Church. It's time for a new visage, a new voice, a new vibrancy, and a new vision. The idea is to add to what God has already amazingly provided in our present leadership to continue taking community church into a bright and hopeful future. I believe God has a person prepared to step in and come alongside something that is already very good and to help make it better. Lynn and I first came to community church with our children in August of 1997. It was Fun for me to see Lori and her daughter Elena standing up here singing together because I think Elena was a baby. I think she's 17 this year. Much has changed over the nearly 17 years we've journeyed together. New opportunities were presented to us, and we walked together in faith into the rich and vibrant future that has led us to where we are today. It's time for a new person to lead the church forward into a future that will also be filled with new opportunities. Our younger generations have needs for leadership with a specific gifting, time, and energy that I now lack the ability to address in the most effective way. With common struggles, needs, hopes, and dreams, we have a strong sense of community and mutual support in Christ. It's time to seek the more that God has for community church. The Morehouse family will always be grateful for the way you took us into your homes and your hearts. The executive committee, the ministry team, and the staff will continue providing leadership and support to the congregation as you move forward. We are blessed to have several gifted individuals who can teach the Word of God. This is a time for the entire church family to come together in a spirit of excitement and hopeful expectation to seek God for a new senior pastor. I will serve in my current position until June 30th. I am available to help in a lesser role with a transition beyond that time if needed. Please understand that this is not retirement for me. I see this as an opportunity for reassignment to a new chapter in my own journey with God. Though I have some ideas at the present time, I have no idea what that will look like, but it excites me. I ask for your prayers. Lynn and I will be staying in Gunnison as she continues teaching here at Community Church, and uh, so we're not really going anywhere at this current time but our desire is to give glory to the Lord for all that he has done in our lives, Um, we we could have never imagined it. And uh, your love for us and all of our family and support for us through these years has been a tremendous uh, blessing. Each place we've gone, We've, we've been amazed at how how wonderful it's been, and the way God has led us. And because of the way it's been so beautifully arranged and worked out in our lives, um, I know that there's some wonderful things yet ahead. And that includes what's ahead for all of you here at this church. There are good things that are ahead. Oh, Charles. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be around a while yet. I applaud you as well. Thank you, guys. I applaud you as well. You guys have been very faithful. We've been through a lot of stuff together, and you've hung in there really well. So we, we appreciate that very much. I'm going to pray. God, thank you for the, the way you work in ways that we can't even imagine. Whether it's in, in our joys or in our sorrows, you are constantly present with us, teaching us, guiding us, directing us, loving us, being gracious to us. We pray for the future and what it will bring. Over these next couple of months, we we know that the process will be to join together, arm in arm, collectively, to seek your direction. This is something that hasn't been needed in this church for almost 17 years, and yet you will lead and you will guide and you will provide. Open our hearts to the new that you have waiting for this church. Thank you, God, that you are the one who said that uh, the gates of hell would not prevail against this congregation. There were times in my own personal life when I wavered and knowing whether or not you were truly with us, but at every turn you would demonstrate again your faithfulness by sending people here, the right ones at the right times, and sending people out from here into new ministries, not only here but around the world, So we thank you with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. And we'll have a proper celebration one of these times here in the next uh, next, uh, few months. In the future, we'll set something up for that. Let's stand and sing to God be the glory. He has truly done great things. God be the glory, great things he has done. Page 98. 98. That he gave us his. couple of announcements for you. Uh, this, what night is it for Mario's? Wednesday, Wednesday night. Uh, there's a portion of proceeds of the meals at Mario's that will go to the Dominican Republic mission trip. So thanks to Mario's for doing that. And, uh, and if you all want to go, they're going to start serving at around 4 o'clock, and that's when it will begin for the, the, the gift giving to community for the DR. The other thing is um, we still have tickets for the community prayer breakfast, which is next Tuesday morning now. It's 645 to 745, March the 11th, um, at the College Union Ballroom. And uh, we'll hope that you can make that. Charlie Duke is an Apollo Apollo 16 astronaut, and he'll be our speaker, One Nation Under God is the theme. Uh, Also, there's a concert here, band and choir concert, from the International... Uh, Trinity International University out of Chicago, and there's still a uh, need for uh, somebody to help with the food on Wednesday night before the concert as well as um, housing. So there's some sign-up sheets in the uh, on the table out there in the, in the Narthex. Um, so I'm going to send you off with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace today and forever.